This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Josh and I'm here with Brandon in person. Brandon, how are you? I'm good, man. It feels <laughs> we we had, we said before we started recording this is going to feel weird because after 40 episodes of <laughs> Always Cheating, this is the first time we've ever recorded in the same room live together. That's true. I mean, this is, you know, many many years ago in the in the advent of podcasting. Very early days, right? 20, 2007? Sure. Uh, pretty early days, at least. I mean, this is like when like the Ricky when, when Gervais... When first invented computer. <laughs> so certainly when Ricky Gervais was like at the top of the podcast charts <laughs> uh-huh. with, with Carl Pilkington, you know, back in 2007. Uh, head, head like an orange. <laughs> so the big, the big kind of podcast then were uh, like just two guys talking. Be like just two people talking about whatever, and like that was a t- that was enough for a podcast. So can I tell the story then of how always cheating came to be? Yeah. Uh, so you and I we recorded a two guys talking podcast, <laughs> and we were young and single in New York City. There was so much going on. I was young. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was just getting into my old man phase of life, <laughs> uh, but it got to the point years on where we we coupled off. We became happy. We didn't have anything to complain about. We started seeing fewer movies. That's true. So we'd get together to do our two guys podcast, but before we would sit down to actually record it, all we'd want to do is talk about the EPL and our fantasy teams. Lo, here we are recording. Always <laughs> cheating for all of you fine people. That's right. Uh, so here we are. We're in, we're in Park Slope, Brooklyn, uh, and Josh, uh, your apartment is beautiful. Oh, well, thank you very much. And you're actually you're in the nursery, oh my so, gosh. <laughs> which you help paint. In fact, <laughs> this better not break up the podcast. We're going to survive this, baby. That's you and right. Me. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so uh, yeah, so we have um, kind of one general theme for today's podcast. It's our 
top 10 tips for fantasy Premier League success and mental stability, uh, which really go hand in hand because it is a very, very long season. And uh, having the mental fortitude to get through the season is almost yeah. as important as having the right strategy. Yeah. I think a lot of people listening out there, you are longtime players of the game, but we're, we're sort of opening the door for new players of the FPL. Additionally, for guys like me, it's good going into a new season to just re- be reminded of, <laughs> of how to be mindful and yeah. also how to, uh, I mean, I'm focusing on the mental stability part of this list. Guys. Yeah, exactly. If nothing else, the, the mental t- we have in here after many years of therapy uh, should be useful for the uh, for the long season ahead. Uh, just one uh, quick bit of house cleaning. Um, we are um, we talked about this on the last podcast, and a few people have responded on Facebook or Twitter uh, to say that they're interested in joining the uh, Hail Cheaters head to head league. Uh, we decided to start one. We're just going to do a small league because um, I think it's the word is exclusive, Josh, not small. An exclusive league of uh, thirty six players, and really that's more like thirty four because uh, that includes the two of us. Um, and about 10 people have actually already responded uh, to say they want to be part of the league. So it's not, we're down to 24. So if you want to join the head-to-head league, the idea is that it's going to be 36 people, um, which means you're going to play everybody once over the course of 35 weeks. And then we're going to have three knockout rounds, quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals. And we're going to come up with some sort of uh, small prize for the, for the winner of the league as well. So, small, small prize. Small prize. <laughs> it, could, it could be as much as an email congratulating them. <laughs> yeah. That's that small. Uh, this is not, yes, yeah, so this is not, I, I don't want be, it to the be. Win, the winner will be made to review us on our iTunes page. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't want this because uh, I don't want this to be something that the Hail Cheater Super League is the League of Leagues. Brandon. It is the yeah. League of Leagues. So what are we going to call this? Uh, should we call it the Hail Cheaters uh, Extremely Super? I have like an acronym league? right there right now. It's like uh-huh. the HC Super Secret H2H League. Or, okay. You know, it's all, yeah, it's all on the, it's, it's on the down low. I think we should solicit for uh, league name ideas from our, from our Twitter friends. That's good. Yeah. So we have kind of two different themes right now. There's the Great British bake-off themes and there's also the presidential memoirs puns you know so okay. to, yeah it, it takes an aston villa to raise a family i like it yeah 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 yep. uh, <laughs> i mean that family would really not be a family i would want to hang out with if it were raised by aston villa no it's really i it's, mean mod- yeah. modern day aston villa maybe. this is true yeah yeah exactly an inconvenient hooth uh our friend uh, dave dave uh, wegner lodell said on twitter earlier today so, um, yeah, if, if you're interested, uh, email us um, at, well, you can email us if you want. Uh, it's yeah, hailcheaters at gmail.com. Uh, but you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Twitter is at hailcheaters, and uh, Facebook is uh, facebook.com slash alwayscheating. You said it right, Josh. All right, for once. almost <laughs> We almost always have to edit that out because I say it the wrong way. Uh, all right, so um, yeah, it's fun to record. And I feel like I'm talking a little bit louder than usual. Just there's something about like I feel like I'm performing, you know, with the. Well, there's a little bit like we're sort of in studio, and yeah. uh, even though we don't have like the big cans on the big right. uh, the big headphones on, there's there's something a little more <laughs> formal about it. Is usually yeah. when we're recording this podcast, we're via Skype, and I can just sort of like my mind can wander <laughs> off, and I can start looking right. around the room. I can checking I can go, baseball scores. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Grab my yeah. cat, play with my cat a little <laughs> bit while Josh is off on one of his tangents about <laughs> Arsenal or something like that. Right. <laughs> so I will say, yeah, I mean, and people are actually surprised sometimes to find out that we record um, every episode on Skype. Uh, but I, I, I defy you to record 
uh, every single week an in-person podcast is almost impossible. Yeah. Is, you know, these things always take longer than you think. A 90-minute podcast is always like six hours in yeah. my experience. Sure. I mean, if you're James Richardson with the <laughs> – AC uh, Jimbo. AC Jimbo with the Guardian <laughs> Football Weekly, like, podcasting guru and, and high-tech stuff <laughs> at, at your disposal. And right. You, you, you can just record the track, get up, walk away, and then yeah. and it's done. Uh, this, is, this is a real mom-and-pop shop, and, and I think I'm the pop. I think you're the I think you're the mom, Josh. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I think I'm the the, the wacky uncle. <laughs> I have one last bit of uh, housekeeping myself. So we okay. ran through the head-to-head league. Uh, we we have one error that we need to correct from last week's episode. It was uh, perhaps the first episode in in nay like in say like thirty episodes where we didn't mention Quadwo Poku. Uh, former player for NYC FC, uh, our, our, our favorite player for NYC FC, who was recently traded to Miami, of all right. places. And not David Beckham's Miami. Now, if you're going to mention the, the two giants of the, uh, of the Always Treating Fantasy podcast, I think we should also mention that Dea Mercy Mabakani has been linked to West Bromwich Albion. Mm. Are you serious? I oh. am serious. Now, if that happened, I mean, they are, you know, we... we do- I don't want this to be like a West Brom corner every week where we just bash West Brom. For <laughs> Nobody else is talking about West Brom. Josh. I might, I might be. I am so frustrated with Arsenal right now that I might be willing to become a West Brom fan if they acquire Mubakani. <laughs> You've suddenly become a big fish in a small pond. That is true. I, I feel like last week we put the call out for: Are there any West Brom fans? Out no there one to picked up the call. Uh, crickets chirping. I know. I might be the only fan in America. That's for sure. You never <laughs> see their weird Footlocker jerseys in America. <laughs> Uh, all right, so should we get right into... Uh, Wait, the- no, I, I want to come full circle on that <laughs> Mobicani link because um, I actually love the idea of Dia Mercy Mobicani going to West Brom because our hashtag free Mobicani could still live on because even if he is part of the starting 11 at West Brom because, come on, he's the, one of the greatest uh, strikers to play the game. In history. But, but you would not wish for any uh, top-flight player to end up at West Brom, so we would still wish for him to be freed. So you don't think that James Morrison is a top flight player? My God, Brandon! I mean, let you're the, tough. You're tough. <laughs> let the let, let the Twitter trolls have a field day with that one. Yeah. Saito Perahino. <laughs> I mean, I'm more of a uh, James Brunt fan myself. <laughs> now, Brunty, or Chris, Chris, Brunt, Chris, Brunt. Chris Brunt. Yeah, but I'm yeah. thinking of James Blunt, the uh, the great singer songwriter. I, I think I feel like it's impossible to rate Saito Perahino. It's so hard to tell if he's any good or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. I, I definitely fall on the. Uh, not not a fan. All right, let's get let's get right to it, Brandon. Okay. Enough, very small talk here. Uh, these are our uh, so we we've done this together. We've come together as 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 a unit. Uh, fair amount of argument, I will say. This quite is quite a, a bit of back a, and forth on these. It, it was a real uh, democratic approach, and yeah. uh, we brought certain uh, tips, bullet points from this list to the table. And some of them I had to argue for, some Josh had to argue for, and I, I think it'll become apparent we which finally, ones. We finally we... squared the circle, though, yeah. I think, at the end. Uh, okay, so these are uh, 10 tips for fantasy Premier League success and mental stability. Uh, each one is each bullet is equally important, Brandon. Uh, fantasy Premier League success and mental stability, they go hand in hand, you know? It's a little bit like the Ten Commandments, and they're, uh, they're all of equal value, but let's, <laughs> let's be clear. Like, the heavy hitters, the heavy hitters are... Or the are, mental are, ones. <laughs> well, the problem is... Or, or, no, I was going to say the heavy hitters are, are up at the front. Oh, yeah, we, we have front-loaded. Like, uh, tip number one is uh, don't kill. <laughs> don't 
don't kill. Uh, yeah, Tinder is don't covet thy neighbor's wife. <laughs> uh, no, but I think the the mental. So just to, to to kind of preface this a little bit, I mean, it's it's, it's great to have a strategy, and I feel like um, obviously, like no one on Twitter wants to talk about their mental process or whatever for for being good at this game. But I, I really think it's equally important. Uh, you know, early on, it's 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 easy to have a strategy. Um, but, you know, there's also there's, there's a famous line from Mike Tyson, you know, that everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. And I can't believe some some of the plans that I'm seeing people say, uh, <laughs> like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do this for two weeks. And I'm going to wild card at the end of game week two. I'm ready for game, game week three. And it's like, well, what about game week seven? You know, it's like you're just, you're just yeah. burning a wild like You already know you're burning a wild card. Sure. When all of your three strikers have torn their ACL <laughs> right. uh, going into yeah. game week seven, you've already yeah. played your one wild card. So that's that's when the mental aspect is really yeah. important because you have to be ready to to handle some like pretty crazy stuff that's going to come your way. It just it always does. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, early on in the season, I mean, everyone's everyone's fired up the first 10 weeks. I mean, I, I'm such a like dork about this stuff that I like I probably can't sleep the night before the first uh, game week of the season. Um, whew, I was very reckless with my phone there. <laughs> Josh's phone ringing off the hook there. <laughs> uh, it, it's true, yeah. This this is the preseason point at which uh, sky's the limit. This is going to be the year where I'm like in the top 100 in the world. Everything's going to go my way. Right, uh, right. Sadly, the odds are that you're go- something is not going to break your way and you're going to end up fighting for top 10K, top 100K. Well, this, this happened to me last year. I mean, I, I you know, came off, um, you know, going into last season, I came off this, this you know, great finish. I finished, uh, you know, 1500th in the world. Uh, it was really, I, I felt like I, I played great the whole season. I was really happy with my finish. Uh, and I went in the next year and I was like, I want to finish in the top 100. I was like, it's, I mean, I, I knew it was like it's not, real, it was not, it was not American, easy, but it's yeah. American spirits are like up, up onward and upward. You upward might as well record. shoot for the, shoot for the best, yeah, right? I, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not trying to disparage yeah. you. At the very least top 1000, I thought, let me get from 1500 to top 1000. Uh, and the second week of the season, I had like the, you know, there were 3.3 million people in the league at that point or something like that. I had like the 3.2 millionth point total of that week. Uh, you know, it was about as bad as you could possibly, like there were like most dead teams were already doing better than me, uh, two weeks into the season. And, you know, I kind of, I, I didn't, you know, I kind of blew it. I felt like I, you know, I immediately wild carded, uh, I jumped on like every bandwagon except the ones that I should have. And yeah. uh, it really threw me off, you know, right from the start. And I yeah. felt like I just, I wasn't ready to roll with the punches enough. Right. And um, I think that that's, I mean, that, we haven't even gotten to the bullets yet, but a, lo- <laughs> yeah. a lot of them, a lot of them are about this, just like being ready to handle stuff that, yes. that you're not, um, that you can't prepare for. Right, right, you know? right. Yeah. I think that leads us right into the first bullet, Josh. All right. Bullet number one. It's a long, long, long season. <laughs> It's true, yeah. And our, our first comment on it being a long, long season, it's uh, don't don't be reckless. Don't <laughs> don't go on tilt. This list is going to be full of poker metaphors. <laughs> but uh, if things don't go your way in game week one, it, you can right the ship. Don't go ahead and just like throw your wild card away, <laughs> take a minus 12 hit in game week two right. just to avoid like, okay, so Theo Walcott was just a complete disaster for everybody right. in game week one last season. And it wasn't apparent if if the man was even going to play under Arsene Wenger after he game start, week. started a very reasonably priced 9.0, I believe. Didn't start in the community shield. Yeah. And so we were all a little bit worried and we thought, well, he's just resting him. Yeah. And nope. Ox right. is starting in his place game week one. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, wild card strategy sort of goes beyond the fact that it's a long, long season. Um, it, it's just, it's again, that mental stability of you have to, 
you have to be confident in the fact that if you have a bad week, if you start off slowly, you have plenty of time to make up a bit of ground. Don't be hasty. Right. You have to see your. You have to remember how like how highly owned most of these players are. You know, no one's going to wild card because your fifth midfielder had a bad week. Right. You know, if it's one of the top players, then it probably affected most people. You're not uniquely damaged by this. Well, how much how much ground did you actually make up last season? I mean, you were talking about how you yeah. just had the worst start uh, of last season, and toward the the like the second. The yeah. third third of the season, you covered like a million one point two million spots over the last several games. It, it, it can always be done, you right. know. And so I, I did creep into the top one hundred k at least by right. the end of the season. So we've we've got a few people that reached out to us on Twitter asking about wild card strategy uh, early in the season. Like, would it make sense to? Uh, it seems unconventional, but. Set up a team in which you would play into wild card in game week three or game week four, and I think what you're saying about Mike Tyson, Josh, is totally right. You you can plan for that all you want, but it, it probably you'll probably have bigger problems to solve either earlier or later. That wild card early in the season is is going to be needed to solve big problems that you won't plan for. And let's 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 face it. I mean, you know, probably something like. I don't even know what the what a right what the right percentage would be. So let's say like seventy five percent. If you're not a dead team already, like right off the bat, seventy five percent of all managers are. Is that a dig at my MLS fantasy team? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's, how's that? How's it going for you, Brandon? I scored fifty five points this past week. I nice. had no idea how. <laughs> Zardes, do you still have Zardes? Uh, Zardes yeah. is my captain. I think. <laughs> Uh, we're, most of us are going to end up wild carding in the first three or four game weeks, but but yeah, really, really wait as long as you can. And and when you wild card, um, it, you know, really t- try not to wild card it before game week two at least. You yeah. know, try to give yourself a, <laughs> at least a couple weeks because it's just it's hard to know. I mean, th- I think this this week is a pretty or this season is a particularly unique season. Uh, in some ways, it almost argues for an early wild card. Um, because you have a couple players who are going to be starting the season a little bit late uh, because of the Euro Cups. But I think more importantly, you've got Pep, you've got Jose, and you have um, Conte. Conte yeah. And we don't really know how they're going to line up yet. Right. You know, I mean, it could be that that Conte has to. I mean, I mean, you can kind of you know read a little bit into it from preseason and from yeah. the way they talk about these players and and uh, you know who they ultimately bring in if there are any more transfers coming through. Uh, but you know, it could be that Conte decides that um, that William is not central to his plans, and that he's going to run everything through Johnny John Obi Mikel or something like that. <laughs> you know, and suddenly five you know, five million John Obi Mikel is like the most important player in the Premier League. Absolutely, false nine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like a ludicrous example, but like you know, like we don't really know. You know, oh, like yeah, is, I, is someone like Nolito on uh, you know nine nine million uh, midfielder for Manchester City. It's very hard for me to have my team at this point in the season because I just I don't know how Nolito is going to fit yeah. into those plans yet. You right. Know? And you've got a guy like David Silva who is also 9.0 that is going to be – is he going to be central to the attack? Is he going to be pushed out of the going to hurt his ankle in game week one like <laughs> he always does. And the so here's, here's a prediction that uh, probably no one can prove false or true uh, as the season goes. But – of those three managers, Pep, Conte, and Mourinho, one of them is going to start the season like a house on fire, and uh, maybe two of them, but right. one of them will not. One of them will founder <laughs> yeah. a little bit. 
So, I, but who can predict which one? And I think that is the case, the wait and see case, and the yeah. don't panic case. Yeah, don't panic. Because e- even e- those, even of those three managers, whichever one doesn't start out like a house on fire, will probably yeah figure it out. But you can you can make it up, and and I think this is even more important if you're in any kind of mini league, mm-hmm. because you know, I mean, I think I was at one point I was probably like a, I mean, you you ultimately beat one our head to head this year, but. You know, I think at one point I was a hundred plus points behind. You know, and I made up yeah. like eighty-seven points. I can't remember what it was exactly, but it was a lot. Just it a few was. game weeks. It so, was a lot. So it, you know, it can always be done. And I feel like sometimes people give up a little bit too early on the season. So yeah. that's really uh, what bullet one's about. Okay, so bullet number two: group think giveth, group think taketh away. <laughs> I just I love that title. I, uh, yeah, it is good. that was the last that was the last minute, last minute uh, rethink yeah. there on our part. Here. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, we've got a few different points here. All about I mean, the kind of person who's listening to this podcast is probably somebody who's on several different websites several different times during the day, right? Fantasy Football Fix and this and Fantasy Football Scout, and they're on Twitter, and you know they're on the Transfer Hub, and they're they're all over the place. Um, your Reddit, your uh, your BBC.com, not the football page, but yeah. say like the F1 racing page. And you see all of these rate my teams, right? And you see all of these like these like like different options. And sometimes it is true. I mean, there is something to be said for for offering an option up and then seeing people say. And often there is there is strength and there's there's truth in, in numbers, yeah. you know, wisdom of crowds. Okay, uh, so uh, uh, what is the game show? Who wants to be a millionaire? Where right. you uh, poll the audience? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Pretty much every time, the audience knows <laughs> what the answer is. Right, right. Uh, except when it's like you know when it, when the, when it gets pretty difficult and then it's sixty forty and sometimes they don't really know either yeah. you know it's just hard to t- but like, imagine who wants to be a millionaire if it wasn't trivia but a game of chance like the right. English Premier League I mean I think that you know I mean it's it's just uh, yeah it's hard to there is a kind of group thing but it's still it's still guesswork you know like we have we have a we have you know a reigning champion Leicester in game week one playing a whole team that doesn't have. That hasn't brought in anybody. Uh, the squad is like seven deep at this point. Like f- four people from the fans are going to be playing in that team. Uh, you know, playing Lester Tom, in the Tom opening. Tom Huddleston <laughs> has long since cut his hair. Yeah, playing Lester in the opening game week, and it looks like Mars is probably going to be there. And they're going to—they're not going to have Conte like everybody else. I mean, Lester could could win four nothing, right? Mm-hmm. But then you also have Man City at home. Uh, to you know, Sunderland. yeah, to Sunderland, uh, also with the new manager. You know, decent one, David Moyes, but. But not as good as Sam Allardyce, for my for my opinion. And um, but you know, I, I, and and Sergio Aguero at home, you know. And so, what's the better choice between those two? Well, like the crowd may not be right in that case, you know. It's sort of it's a it's a guess, right? These things are you know sometimes like the the, the points are too fun. So don't Again, like don't yeah. think don't put all of your faith in the in the group. All that said. If you don't captain the most popular option, it can destroy you. <laughs> and uh, no, there's no you know clear indication of that than uh, game week eight last year. There's this weird thing where every year game week eight seems to be the biggest game week of the season. Uh, it's certainly true last year, um, outside of game week 34, I guess, the big double game week. The, the double game week to end all double game weeks. Uh, but double, uh, game week eight was, uh, you know, Guerrero at home to uh, Newcastle. to Newcastle scores uh, five goals in about 20 minutes of total mm-hmm. game time. Yeah. The uh, amount of text messages sent during those 20 minutes is across uh, the world. I know exactly. Yeah. It almost uh, uh, it almost knocked power out. The satellites couldn't handle it. <laughs> 
Uh, I thought so, either you had found Jesus during those 20 minutes or Aguero had scored another <laughs> goal because I just get these, oh, God, text <laughs> right. from you. No, we had both captained him. Uh, but, yeah, but, if yeah. you, but if you didn't captain him, it, it could destroy you. And so I think that there, there are certain games, and I know that's a very captain-focused opening bullet here, but, you know, if there is a captain that everybody is going to be captaining, it's probably, it probably behooves you to have them and to captain them mm-hmm. because it's just not worth the risk of not having them mm-hmm. uh, because you're going to fall so far if you don't. Right. But if it's a question like game week one where you really could get away with captaining Jamie Vardy um, or or Aguero. I mean, Aguero obviously is the consensus pick, but I think that there are a lot of good, interesting options in game week one. Um, don't sweat that one as much, yeah. I think would be my, my advice. Uh, the second, uh, point in the group think, give it the group think, take it away. Uh, number two, let's just these? call it not commandment, a commandment. <laughs> yeah, commandment, uh, is, uh, beware of highly owned risky picks in the opening game weeks. And I'm not talking here about, uh, about Aguero or Sanchez or, you know, expensive players who, um, who we're not even sure if they're healthy, you know. Right, right. Uh, but I'm talking about people who it sort of gets in everybody's head that these are like the cheap, valuable players to have. Yeah. People like Theo Walcott, Matt Ritchie, uh-huh. Memphis Depay last season, who <laughs> had huge ownership and they had not played in the Premier League before. We didn't know what we were getting with these guys. Yeah. You know, Matt Ritchie turned out okay in the end. You know, med- like mediocre, I suppose. I mean, he, he paled in comparison to, say, Callum Wilson, who turned out to be the Bournemouth pick. But, yeah, right. I guess if you stuck with Richie, it wasn't a complete disaster for you. But the problem is if you, if you bring in these players, especially if they aren't at the highest level, you know, I mean, you know, someone like Eden Hazard falling off the way he did last year is, is such a rarity. It's almost mm-hmm. you almost don't want to read too much into it yeah. because it you may draw the wrong conclusions from it. Right. But I think that, you know, players who have never really performed in the Premier League who suddenly become highly owned. If they don't perform in the first game week or two, everyone's going to drop them when they play their wild card. Yeah. So many people play their wild card in the first couple of game weeks. Suddenly, you could lose like half a million in team value. Yeah, uh, and that team value can really can really hamper you if you want to jump on some other bandwagon. I mean, it's mm-hmm. you know, in most seasons you're not going to have people like Leicester players last year who you can you know grab at five point five million even you know yeah. three or four weeks into the season. We were so spoiled last season. I think that everyone's struggling putting their team together now yeah. because everyone I think who mentally, was the bargain uh, mentally we can't handle it, I yeah. think still. I mean, you know, Riyad Mahrez scores, you know, whatever. It was like eighteen goals and eighteen assists last season. Uh, I'm just I don't think those numbers are right, but you know, tons uh, you, you number one perform in the in the Premier League. Yeah. Price at a very reasonable nine point five. Same price as Dimitri Payet, who had like a third of his numbers. Yeah. And uh and everyone's still like, well, I don't know. That seems a little high to me. <laughs> you know, it's hard not to read into those those starting numbers from last season. So I, I guess the point is um I wouldn't take a risk on too many of these players, and okay. uh, you know I think that because um, their value can fall so much if they yeah. perform. Okay, so we have a, we have a list of certain groupthink contenders for the season twenty sixteen seventeen. Right, uh, Victor Valdez, a goalkeeper who uh, hasn't played more than like two or three matches uh, outside of uh, like we're traveling in China during the summer. Uh, with United, Victor uh, Valdez is like a if 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 you know I guess there is a soccer Hall of Fame. It's not really like a big deal as far as like he's a Hall of Famer, you know, uh-huh. Hall of Fame player. Has uh, one more Champions Leagues than than you know many teams in the Premier League combined. Most teams in the Premier League combined. Uh, but yeah, I mean the guy is he's older, and there's yeah. a reason he couldn't. He was he was third squad third team last year yeah. on Manchester United. And um, goalkeepers are funny things though, uh, like Herelio Gomez. 
uh, last year for Watford. Older player, he'd been in and out of the league, and he'd been a, a joke at times in the league. He comes in with a promoted Watford. Nobody really knows what that team is going to do. I don't think Watford's defense was particularly good, but somehow Gomez becomes a Superman on that right. team and a right. Superman FPL player. Uh, or you could have a great goalkeeper like Rob Green. I mean, I know Rob Green has been a scapegoat in, in many matches uh league-wise and, and for the <laughs> national <Cup>. national team. <laughs> um, uh, but he, he just has, uh, he was playing on that garbage QPR team, and he couldn't score an FPL point to save his freaking life. Right. Um, so a lot of the goalkeeper situation depends a little bit on the team form and how many how many penalties they're going to save yeah. through the season. I mean, Steve Mandana on Crystal Palace is the same way. I mean, I you know, I currently have him in my squad, but... You know, I was just reading uh, today. I mean, the guy hasn't even joined the club yet. You know, he's been, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, he's he's been in France, and I think he's joining the club finally this week. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't played a match for Crystal Palace now. One assumes that he will eventually take the spot from Hennessy, but it might take well, six Macar- weeks. McCarthy's been playing for them uh, in their preseason. Not that, yeah. that, not that that means anything. Yeah, so McCarthy is being linked right now with Hull City, and uh, you know, I know everyone's really excited about having uh, Jakubovic, the four million Hull defender. Uh, but I imagine that if, you know, if Hall makes a transfer before the deadline and they bring in McCarthy, they probably slot him in right away. And mm-hmm. uh, you know he's only four point five million, so he might be interesting on, on Hall. But yeah. um, yes, I'd be a little wary of Jakubovic too. Another another kind of you know consensus player starting to build up some ownership because right. everyone wants that that extra money, and I, it, it may work out. But um, if they don't bring anyone in, I would definitely think about bringing yeah, in him, yeah. him myself. So, and, and Andre Gray, he's another guy that we see showing up in a lot of RMTs uh, online. Uh, somehow a consensus pick, a groupthink pick. You're not sold on Andre Gray, are you? No, I mean Gray is Gray right now is is nearing ten percent ownership at six point five million. Which is, now that's 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 this wild. may be I mean, English fans. Negredo yeah. is at six point five, and that's a guy that's definitely proven yeah. himself. I'm, I'm not very bullish on Negredo either, to be honest. But uh, is it the rosary bead tattoo? I think that's where the fact that he hasn't done anything good in about three years. <laughs> um, you haven't read his book, have you? I have not. Sensational. <laughs> Uh, but Gray, I mean, first of all, I didn't even know his first name until like a week ago. And now I'm thinking about bringing him in. You know, it's like you you go to his Wikipedia page and everyone starts talking about him. I have never seen Andre Gray play. And that does not mean he's not a good player. But I'm a little wary of him and Andre Gray because if Andre Gray doesn't perform well, yeah. it's going to be a mass exit on that player. And then I'm forced to burn a transfer to bring him out right away. Otherwise, I've got a 6.5 million player who's going to be 6.1 come game week three yeah. uh, because everyone is moving on to Charlie Austin or whoever's, you know, Shane Long, whoever's performing yeah. really well um, in that, in that uh, you know, mid-lower tier uh, right. third forward bracket. All right, so to wrap up point number two, groupthink giveth, groupthink taketh away. Uh, there is a, re- a reward to following groupthink, but also if you choose the right moment to be rogue, to be maverick, uh, it can definitely pay dividends as well. So, so choose your moments wisely. Which actually ties uh, well with uh, bullet number three. And bullet number three is there won't be a 3.5 million tie for first place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what this means is 
it's uh, <laughs> these all build on top of each other. It's a long season, and because of that, frankly, no one is just going to have the exact same score when when everything uh, falls into place. So don't be afraid to follow the template because you're going to need a lot of those points that everyone else is accumulating from the highly owned players. Uh, I often make this metaphor to Wheel of Fortune where uh, it it got to the point in the final round of Wheel of Fortune where everyone would pick their consonants and vowels, R-S-T-L-N-E. Right. Uh, and, and it was just no fun because everyone got those same letters. So now when you get to the final round of Wheel of Fortune, you automatically get R-S-T-L-N-E, and then you get to pick three other consonants and a vowel. So these are your differentials. So <laughs> one way to... Th- don't be scared of the template. You can work with a template, and it doesn't make you less a maverick. Think about ways you can tweak that template to your advantage to get you on the, the positive half of the 3.5 million. I think I am particularly susceptible to this because I start thinking about differentials in like game weeks two. You know, I'm already thinking about differentials, you know, way, way too early in the season. And I, I think part of it is because I am one of these people that's, that's constantly on the Internet, on different forums, reading about this stuff. And it leads me to I remember last year I was thinking about bringing in Gilfie Sigurdsson in like game week 30. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, well, I can't bring in Gilfie Sigurdsson. Everyone's, he must be the most owned player in the league at this point because everyone is talking about him. Yeah. And then you go on to um, onto the fantasy website and you, you know, look at the ownership percentage. It's like 3.7%. <laughs> now, it may be that everyone on these forums is on him, yeah. but it's still a gig, like an incredibly small portion of the, of the, the audience at large. Yeah. And even if you're just following what many people are saying on, on these forums – you're still part of a very small minority, a yeah. very small group of people. <laughs> um, so it's you know it's okay to to follow like the the train of logic because there's just it, it is so rare. It's, it's like I, I like I have been you know we've we've played in, in leagues for years and years with multiple people and and and, and you know um, we've been in you know large you know I've been matched up in the the annual FPL Cup every year and you know in the Hail Cheaters League and. I am often looking at so many other teams besides my own. You didn't qualify for the cup last year. I'll point that one. That out. was a source of true humiliation. <laughs> well, I still haven't recovered from that. Uh, I couldn't believe it. I was like, how could this possibly happen? That's how bad the, that season went. Um, but I think that... Um, I want to yeah. hear from a, a tweet us at Hail Cheaters if, if you yourself out there have, have not qualified have not for qualified the FBL for a cup. That is the only time that the only time that ever will happen. Um <laughs> But I think that um, I, I can't remember ever looking at a team and it was exactly the same as mine. Yeah. Right? Never. No. Never. It but never happens. There are always at least several. Three. At least three. Okay. So uh, point four, wait to take your transfers as late as possible. This is probably one of our more practical tips. Yes. I think this is especially true of Champions League weeks or you know weeks when you have Champions League, Europa League. Uh, perhaps you have a uh, UEFA Super Cup that you're playing in. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> or, or international breaks as well, which are even right. more worrying because there could be two weeks that pass before the deadline comes. I think that's what makes, unless you're on a wild card, the international breaks are always so painful as an FPL fan because yeah. you're like, if you're like me and I like to wait until the last possible minute of my transfer, you're like, well, for 13 days, all I can do is think about what I'm going to do with my one transfer. Yeah, right. You know, possibly two if I've, if I've been smart enough to save it up. Um, but I think I think the the, the caveat here is um, if you're replacing a highly owned 
uh, you know, a player with a large ownership percentage who got injured that game week, then I think you're justified in making a decision right away, even mm-hmm. if it's a Champions League week. Mm-hmm. Because um, if that player is highly owned, everyone's going to be dropping him right away. Right. People who don't have the patience that you do, and his player value is going to drop. And there are often one or two people who are the kind of logical moves for that player. Mm-hmm. I mean, this happens every four or five weeks of Sergio Aguero, right? He gets... He has about five weeks where he's healthy, and then he gets injured for about three. Yeah. And so everyone kind of flocks to Lukaku or yeah. whoever, you Diego know, Diego Costa. Costa. Exactly. Oh, jinx. Yeah. <laughs> and so those players jump up, you know, yeah. uh, two tenths, and the player that you've been patiently waiting until Friday to transfer out has, yeah. has dropped, and suddenly you've lost half a million. And yeah. half a million here, half a million there, not a big deal. Come the end of the season, it can make a huge difference in who you can pick up or drop. Absolutely. When you're playing that winter wild card and you're ready to stock up on all the big-name players right. and you can't quite fit all of them in your squad because of that player uh, that team value. So, I mean, two, two, two uh, strict rules to keep in mind is that during a given trans- single transfer period, a player's value cannot increase or decrease by more than 0.3 million. Right. So that's something to keep in mind when you're talking about making transfers based on value. Uh, additionally, uh, there are lots of great sites. Well, there are a handful of great sites that can actually help track the uh, likelihood of a player value changing. Right. Fantasy Football Fix, I think, is particularly yep. good at this, at telling you they, they can track transfers in, transfers out to tell you the likelihood of a player's value uh, going up or down by however many uh, points of a million. And uh, there's yeah, there's a price change predictor. It's uh, fplstatistics.co.uk, and that's a really valuable site too. Yeah, and the, and the value change is not instantaneous. It only happens at is it like midnight Greenwich Mean Time where they actually change the prices over? Yeah, so 7 p.m. U.S. time, I think. So I, I know like if I want to transfer somebody that day, I do it before I leave for work because uh-huh. I'm not sure if I'll be able to get home in time to to beat the, right. tra- the price change. Right. So yeah, I I mean I tend to be a little bit of a worry wart when it a worry wart when it comes to uh, team value, and I'm more likely to make a transfer mid game week, even before um, the that game week is over. I'll make a transfer for the next uh, game week. It, it Sometimes even as that player scoring, yeah. that's how ruthless you are. Yeah. As the ball goes into the net, you're transferring them out. As as the player is kissing their badge, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. You're in you're in Brandon's team now. I mean, it's it's rare that I have been burned making a a ridiculously early transfer. Clearly, it's it's the most logical and safe rule of thumb to to wait a while, but. Um, if if it were me, I'm not going to sweat this rule too much. Yeah, I I I, I don't know. I, I I tend to wait as long as possible. I will say it almost never makes a big difference. Uh, but two or three times every year, uh, if I make it, you know, like I, I will hold on to my transfer until Friday, and I'll be very glad that I did because I'll have some other issue to shore up yeah. first. Well, that was Luke Shaw for me last year when he broke his leg in that Champions League fixture. I had already played my transfer uh, somewhere else, and I was really relying on Luke Shaw starting that following weekend. And then yeah. I, I had to play a bench player, probably Simon Francis or somebody like that. I had an embarrassing situation, I think, last season where I, I, I transferred somebody, and it might have been like Pablo Zabaleta or something like that. 
and I transferred them in like the next day they got injured. <laughs> and there's nothing more embarrassing than transferring a player in and out in the same game week. Yeah. It's almost like that, it's, that's it's what too happened much. To, uh, that's what happened to Matic uh, for Chelsea <laughs> last season. He got, he got transferred. He got uh, uh, – he, he was uh, – what do you – Call it. Subbed on. He got subbed on, <laughs> and then uh, and the what? Like like forty five minutes later, later subbed off or subbed off at halftime. Yeah, yeah. That's basically what you did to poor old Pablo <laughs> Zabaleta. Uh, all right, uh, brings us to uh, point number five: uh, form versus fixtures. Colon. Be prepared. Be uh, Colin. Sorry, Colin. Colin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, be prepared to adapt. So this is a, a definitely a bone of contention. This is one that we were arguing about uh, right. as we were building this list. And I think largely because the last season is the one that's closest in the rearview mirror. And last year, more than many previous years, it was form over fixture. So you had a player like Jamie Vardy, who was low-priced, didn't command a lot of respect in the FPL, went on a little bit of a sport uh, – went on a little bit of a scoring spurt, and then his fixtures ahead were getting rough. And so everyone started saying, let's let's dump Vardy. There's no way he can keep it up. The fixtures are getting tough. He's just 6.0. Um, uh, it's not worth it. And lo and behold, he right. kept his form up. And that was largely true of a lot of uh, bargain players uh, last year. I mean, Robert Huth. I did not start Robert Huth against Manchester <laughs> City, yeah. even though they had, like, in the earlier week, kept a clean sheet against uh, another one of the top five teams. But you just can't start Huth. Yeah. But, we, but then he goes on to score two podcast. goals. Right. <laughs> But that's a miracle. That will never. Robert Huth will never score two goals <laughs> in a match. A match a again, a let alone away at the Etihad. <laughs> uh, but I think that you know, I, in general, playing playing fixtures over form has been the the key to success traditionally. I mean, there's a lot of after the fact ways of looking at this stuff. Where you're like, oh, of course, of course, Jamie Jamie Vardy is a great player who, you know, uh, at 29 is suddenly going to emerge as a world class. Mm-hmm. Starter for the English national team that Arsenal's going to try to fuss on the offseason. You see the exact thing happen with Dimitri Payet last year. Right, exactly. So, you know, of course of course, we all should have known that. Well, you know, Jamie Vardy had played uh, the season before. He lost his first season in the Premier League, and he'd scored, you know, I think four goals all season. He had more assists than he had goals. He was more of like a, like, he was like, he was like the Tridini of the 2014-2015 <laughs> season. Uh, you know, set everybody else up. And so then he explodes. And, you know, the way that most managers traditionally have been able to to achieve success is to hop on or hop off those players real fast, you know. Uh, and you, you you don't expect him already to score 14 weeks in a row. You mm-hmm. you think it's not going to last. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you you don't ride the kind of flavor of the month the way that other people do, and you stay away from it right. because you know that – you know, we, we saw this last year. Remember, um, who's the who's the captain of Crystal Palace? Um, it's the Australian guy. Oh, uh, Yednick, Miel Yednick. Yeah, Yednick had like, I think it was like he scored like three matches in a row or something. There was some like, yeah. crazy Yednick well, run. Was he, he? He was on penalties, I think, before Kavai showed up. Huh? Yeah, but maybe because Kavai was injured or something like uh-huh. that. But he scored a couple of goals. Maybe it was two or three games, weeks in a row. And suddenly people were talking about like captaining Yednick in the next game week. I'm like, you can't. <laughs> 
was talking about. I saw people. I saw people. <laughs> Out there on the streets. <laughs> Out there in the streets. I, I heard murmurs. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's just, in general, these things are, are fluky, and they're not going to last, and it doesn't mean you have to stay with the tried and true and Captain Sergio Aguero ever again, right, like, or right. whatever. But, you know, and it doesn't mean you can't take flyers in these people either. Yeah. But I think, in general, you know, One's form tends to correlate with one's fixtures. And mm-hmm. if a player like Jamie Vardy scores three goals, you know, if he scores a hat trick in the opening game against Hull, it's not necessarily indicative. Well, well, now it is, I, I think, because we know. He, he, did he win the Golden Boot last year? He was right up there, right? Uh, Harry, I think Harry Kane, Kane won, won the it. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, I mean, you know, but but let's say like uh, Mohamed Diame scores a hat trick. Uh, oh, in the opening game. Away to Leicester. It's a miracle of miracles. Modiame. Uh, the new, you know, new flavor of the month. I'm not going to be excited to bring Modiami in because I've seen no. Modiami in the Premier League before. I know what he is capable he of. He is the one player that is probably immune to the <laughs> charm of a hat But it's like trick. Yannick Bellassi is like this, too. Like every yeah. season we get tempted by Yannick Bellassi. Oh, yeah. It never happens with Yannick Bellassi. You know, no. he, he can string together two game weeks or three game weeks and then and then it doesn't work. You know, he yeah. gets three, injured three or he's not. Yeah, even three is pushing it. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so beware of the Yannick Bellassi's of the, <laughs> the, of the, the fantasy thing, The thing I always notice, too, with uh, with those... Okay, so form, as we notice, is definitely more true of the top, top players. Um, but I saw you saw this with Jamie Vardy last season. He When his form dropped off, it, like, dropped off a cliff. He stopped scoring for, you know, what, five, five, five six, or six seven, weeks? Yeah. Uh, Romelu Lukaku looked like he was on pace to actually uh, uh, top Jamie Vardy's record that he set in the same season. But then Lukaku's form stopped and it fell off a cliff. So When his fixtures got worse. Right, <laughs> this great run of fixtures from game week six to game week eighteen yeah. last season, and then it fell off when when they got worse. So this is an interesting mental point to make, which uh, loosely ties to this form versus fixtures. Uh, we're talking about um, being tempted to transfer players in or transfer players out based on form, and you're talking about Pablo Zabaleta. How do you feel about those players that you just have bad associations with? Okay, so maybe you had Vardy or Lukaku in your squad. When they weren't scoring, you dropped them, and then they started scoring. Are oh, you likely to bring I them? I have a perfect example here, which is uh, Gerard Del, Del Feo, <laughs> who is— uh, you know, he led the line this game week uh, for Everton in a friendly match. Well, I he mean, played up top? Yeah. And it, like, he is integral to, to Coman's new Everton squad. Okay. But it's Gerard Delafeo. He's the new, he's the I new mean, <laughs> Everyone who has owned Gerard Delafeo over the years knows that this guy gives you, you know, Somewhere between forty and sixty minutes of game time, yeah, and very he, actually, he actually always looks good when he plays, right? But there's just something about the way that Martinez managed him, where you never really knew what you were getting. Yeah. And you would kind of be isolated on the wing. He's kind of a flash player too, yeah, so it can be step a, over. can be a little frustrating. But he is a quality player, no doubt. But he has not been utilized as a central figure necessarily in the attack, right? right. Yeah. So if he is. He's a very tending player. He's, on, he's, he's 6.5 million. Everton has some pretty strong fixtures to start the season. I'm planning to bring on Everton Defender to start the season. Could I bring in Telefeu, knowing how frustrated he was last season? And so, yeah. so I do think it is a factor. You know, it's... Uh, it, it could almost be its own point, Brandon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> almost, but it didn't make the list. All right, Josh, we've got five more uh, rules to go. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with the, the next five. Okay, good. Same old podcast. Oh, we see 
All right, we're back. And uh, these last five, I, I like it because it's a mix of uh, the practical and the the emotional. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that speaks to me. Yeah. I, I'm definitely an emotional FPL manager. And the first one, uh, bullet, point number six, is uh, one that uh, experienced managers know, but just to, just to really reinforce it, uh, make sure that the players on your squad are starters. Now, you would think that this would only have to apply to your fifth midfielder, uh-huh. but, you know, last season, you know, to, to go back to Theo Walcott, you know, me and many other managers were, were sucking into the idea that Theo Walcott was a surefire starter on this Arsenal squad, and I don't believe he started the first two game weeks of last yeah. season. Mar- Maybe Marcus first Fantasy three. Football Scout is still... Uh, it's still wiping the tears away from many of I actually team. couldn't visit that. I mean, I know, I know he, you know, it's not like he's like on the squad. There's no reason that he should have known this, but I, yeah. I it was hard for me to go on that site for a week or so after, uh, <laughs> after I brought him in. So just, you know, you want to start the season on a high note. Everybody does. It's just, right. it's more fun. It, it sets you up for the rest of the season. Yeah. A couple low weeks can really mess with your head a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the start of the season, I think defenders are always the bigger question mark for me. So you're, you've got, you usually have one slot left to fill in both the midfield and in um, and in your defense before you've got your 15 men. And there's always one defender that you're going to have to bring in because they're the only ones that are left that are affordable from a promoted squad. And promoted squads are going through the transfer window. They're bringing in new defenders. Are they bringing them in? Um, who was the old Everton defender who went to Bournemouth and, like, never played a single game? Um Oh, right. Uh, yeah, Sylvan Distin. Sylvan Distin. You were like, oh, yeah, I'll bring Distin in, and he's a guaranteed to <laughs> right. be maybe captain. Of we forgot club. he was 47 years old. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it would, be, it would be so clutch if you could parse that, oh, this 4.0 defender is actually going to be in the starting lineup. Now, you, you fell susceptible to this last year, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, I brought in... Um, uh, Reese Oxford. Reese Oxford from West Ham because he started in game week one <laughs> and he was my first transfer that I made in the game, I think, yeah. after game week one because take- I was like, this guy it looked great against <laughs> Arsenal and right. he's 4.0 and he's going to be starting in a forward role out of position. And you, you, it took you about 18 weeks to get him off your team, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right? so, was, yeah. so that, that, is, that is the problem, I guess, when, I mean, we can argue about you can have, you can pull one or two pieces of dead weight in your squad if you really need to but the rotation risk that starts happening when Champions League gears up or an unforeseen injury that happens after you've made your weekly transfer to have as many people if not 15 people as guaranteed starts is going to give you so much peace of mind i you know i, I feel that I, I i really do agree and i think that if you're going to throw a defender at the end of your bench i, I think there's definitely a case we made you know nick cummings on the transfer hub website has been talking about this a lot about how you really don't necessarily need a fifth defender yeah um i think that you you know whoever that guy is going to be like if you wanted to stick a four million guy at the end of your bench uh, guy or girl you know, maybe there'll be some women in the league this year already. Right I would love to see that. <laughs> if you're going to stick, uh, you know, someone in there, don't stick someone in who's highly owned. I'm seeing, you know, Juan Carlos Paredes is a Watford defender who uh-huh. is up to 17% ownership in the Premier League. Now, do we necessarily know that Paredes is going to be starting every game week? And also, <laughs> Watford have a the worst opening five game start I can imagine. I mean yeah. it's just it's awful, right? <laughs> They're they play away to Southampton, home to Chelsea, home to Arsenal, away to West Ham, home to Man United. 
Um, and even a weight of Burnley is not a, a great fixture. Um, I have a guy, my fifth defender right now in my squad is a similar, similarly named guy from Middlesbrough. He's actually 4.5. Emilio Nisso Lopez. Good name. <laughs> Great player. <laughs> so there you go. I actually know, I love the new FPL site. It tells you what number they are, what, what their kit number is. He's yeah. number 24. Take Look out for him. <laughs> I have no idea if this guy's going to start or not. So Paredes rated 4.0. We know that a lot of managers are going to be wildcarding very early on. Uh, 16, almost 70% of all managers already have him. Yeah. If they do as we expect, which is not keep clean sheets in their first two or three game weeks, everyone's going to jump ship and suddenly Melvin Parade. Uh, Melvin. Where did I get <laughs> Melvin. Melvin from? <laughs> I don't know. You're thinking about Melvin Mombasi. <laughs> I guess so. Juan Carlos Paredes is going to be down to like 3.7 million because his ownership is so high to start the season that suddenly you're totally screwed and you're going to yeah. have this 3.7 million hole in your bench that you're never going to be able to replace because you're yeah. never going to be fun anyone that cheap and you're going to have to move other players just to get them off your team. So I should almost call this the, the Juan Carlos slash Melvin Parade. <laughs> Role. Yeah, so it's it's a flexible uh, rule, and definitely with defense and midfield. Okay, so defense formation you're most likely to play. History would tell you who who knows. Looking forward, would be three defenders. That leads. Well, you what does Gibbons say? Gibbons says uh, five defenders, <laughs> Christmas tree formation. Uh, <laughs> So you've got you you have room on your bench for two defenders, and that minimizes rotation risk. the The bigger place you want to think about rotating is your goalkeeper. Okay, so you might say I'm going to go big with a, a primo top of the line six point Ooh, primo. Ooh, <laughs> oh. uh, yeah. He's he's going to be my goalkeeper. I don't even know if there is a goalkeeper in the game that's six point oh this season. I mean, uh, the likes of David De Gea are at 5.5, which everyone's bringing in. But if you bring in De Gea at 5.5 and that only leaves you enough cash in the bank to have a goalkeeper that's not playing, then if De Gea is out for whatever reason, you're getting no points from your goalkeeper. So the goalkeeper is probably the largest rotation risk and the point in your squad where you need to make the most certain that you have two starting players. Who are your two starting uh, keepers on your team right now? So right now I have David De Gea and I have Mandanda. So um, I was thinking about Crystal Palace and their fixtures to start the season, and I was having trouble picking between their defenders and... It's another question of what's that starting back line going to look like when the season starts. Right. And some of these guys like Scott Dan are well overpriced. Um, and if Mandana is the man. At 4.5. And at 4.5, I feel like that's a solid rotation. I Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, I'm still I'm, I'm reluctant to bring in De Gea. Right now I have, um, I have Shaw. Luke Shaw instead of De Gea. I like Luke Shaw, too. And I guess I shouldn't even say rotation because it's a little confusing. If you're going to bring in a heavy hitter, primo goalkeeper, why would you ever? Uh, man, primo, I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm loving it. Um, why would you rotate him? I yeah, mean, if, yeah. if it's a traditional Mourinho defense uh, that's watertight, you're going to want to play him most weeks. And in the weeks where there is not an enticing fixture for United, just hope that De Gea makes a lot of saves. David De Gea is pro- – I mean, I I understand the temptation to bring him in, and I, 
I may double up in the Man U defense ultimately and bring in De Gea and, and Shaw. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I actually probably won't because I like having the extra million. I have a Heaton Mandanda. You just want to. You, you don't even want to spend it. You just like having it. Uh, oh yeah, no, it's not gonna. That's that, that's my million. That's for me. Uh, I have I have Heaton Mandanda at the moment. Uh, <laughs> that's probably gonna change. But the the appeal of having De Gea and the reason I may ultimately bring him back is you probably have about three fixtures all season where you wouldn't want to start De Gea, right? Maybe, uh, you know, way to Chelsea, way to Man City, way to Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Maybe way to Leicester, I guess, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, three uh, Out of 38 weeks, you, you could probably start De Gea 34 weeks. So if that's the case, look at those four fixtures. There's probably someone that corresponds pretty well with those fixtures, yeah. you know. Uh, a 4.5 million guy. Maybe you bring in Jakupovic and just hope he... Earns the spot, you know, and then you get a nine point five million. Jack Ahopich, am I right? Jack Ahopich. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it's uh, interesting. I, I think we've totally lost the plot here, though. No, we're we're, we're still talking about rotation risk yeah, and, and getting starting players. Well, 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 let's just jump to point number seven because uh, six uh, we've covered that. I yeah. think it's it's I think, good. I think seven falls into the the mental category. Okay, so seven is mental strength category. Remember that even the best players don't score every week. Mm. Wise, whoever wrote that. I wrote that. Uh, Though it may seem like it, I wrote earlier today, even Sergio Aguero and Luis Suarez, when he played for Liverpool, don't (laughs) score every week. Sometimes, not even two weeks in a row. Even more so with Luis Suarez, uh, uh, less with Aguero. I was so confounded those weeks when Suarez... Didn't score for Liverpool. It's just like, did somebody break my television? It can be so hard to remember these players. And I may even just be saying this as, you know, so, we, we, you know, if you're if you're if you're on FPL Twitter in particular, or let's say you're on the there's there's like a, a few different ways to watch a, a particular match. If you're a, if you're an FPL nerd, right, you can be on FPL Twitter. Mm-hmm. God knows there's a, a million and one different people you can follow and, and watch, and some some need to be muted, and that's just that's just how it is, you know. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> you know who you are. Uh, you can follow along on um, uh, like Reddit. You know, what was it? Yeah, on Reddit on the Fantasy Football Scout uh, chat function. Uh-huh. Uh, I just prepared for a million rape my teams while you're trying yeah. to watch these matches. Yeah, I guess I uh, happen to have everybody who scored a goal on my team. Yeah, I got, my point a, total I got be? I got a 98 points through uh, two matches. Is that any good? Yeah, Is seven anybody? players left to play. Yeah, plus the, my, two, yeah, 200 points. Yeah, I got 200 points plus uh, nine players. My triple captain comes. Is that any good? Or am I am I, am I down? <laughs> It's the braggiest place in the world. But uh, remember that because, you know, so the, the point of this is th- there will be a game week when 99.999% of all managers are going to be captains for Sergio Aguero, you know, probably at home to Hull or something like that. And that game week, Sergio Aguero is going to get injured in the eighth minute. And almost all of us are going to get screwed. And there's going to be one guy who triple captained Steve Mandanda. The game week when Mandanda has two penalty saves and a clean sheet. And they're going to screenshot that and send it to everybody. Like, it's some sort of justification for making this insane pick. And then you look at, like, and of course, inevitably, like, you find that player's team and they're, you know, ranked 2.8 million in the world or whatever, right? Because they're making terrible decisions every single game week. They didn't quite know how that triple captainship worked. (laughs) Yeah. But... Uh, you know, not everyone can score every week. And this is this is like the hardest. It's like the simplest. On the one hand, it's self-explanatory. But so much of my, like, 
insanity over the games <laughs> over, over 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 a long season yeah. is is like trying to bear in mind that just because I made a very the right transfer, I made the right move, yeah. you know, I brought in Dimitri Payet, you know, um, you know, way to a you know. Uh, Whatever you know, a Swansea team that has two injured defenders or two yeah. injured. You know, Ashley Williams doesn't play in this game week, you know. <laughs> and Dimitri Payet's going to run rampant, and then Payet gets a yellow card and is subbed off in the 55th minute or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you're like, well, like that didn't work out. Like I'm, a, <laughs> I made a terrible decision. It's like, well, no, you just, you know, not everybody scores every game week. Yeah. You know, even the best players don't score every game week. There was, uh, it can be argued whether it worked out for me in the long term or not. But there was a while last season where I was practicing basically tantric FPL where I had brought in Sergio Aguero after he came back from injury. He's had that wonder strike against Liverpool and right. he went out injured again. And I just decided week after yeah, week. I was going to wait out his injury. And I, he was on my bench for, a, I believe a solid four weeks. And every time we'd get on this podcast and Josh, you'd be like, you still have Aguero on your bench? Like, Gee, that's an awful lot of money to tie up on your bench. $13.6 million. I thought, no, it'll be fine. I just right. have to wait long enough. And and, and he, he in the end, he did score two goals over the last one. <laughs> he came good in the end. No, he came I mean, good in game week 34. That's yeah, true. And, yeah. uh, and, and, I would, and, and I would argue there that I'm not convinced, and maybe it's a testament to my own abilities, that I wasn't going to be able to do any better <laughs> by bringing— That was what I loved about your logic. Was, there's no one else. There's well, no strength. I mean, I, I had the, uh, and we'll get to this later. You could have brought an old five-pointer, <laughs> Olivier Giroux. I was getting some good output from my midfield during that period. I think I was, I think I, my team was humming along enough where I didn't have to, Ozil was, at that point, he was on cruise control. Yeah, and, 11-pointers game, week in, week out. <laughs> But yeah, it, it's true. So don't don't lose your mind every time uh, your heavy hitter doesn't doesn't score in a game week. All right, all right. Point number eight. You want to take this one, Josh? Sure. Uh, point number eight is, and this is a, this this one's very close to my heart because this is a this is a uh, a a siren song that 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 have, that have caused many an Odysseus to crash on the shores. Uh, that was as poetic as I could go. It was good enough. It was good enough. It was good enough, damn it. Uh, don't fall for the lore of the super cheap starter. Okay, so for example, uh, super cheap starter, who are you, who are you thinking of? Well, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, there's almost two different categories here. Yeah, there is I the, can think of the midfield type, the striker type, the, I was, the Reese Oxford type. I was thinking of the well, really. Okay, so they're, they're almost there are two main types. One is the one is the cheap striker, and one is the cheap midfielder. Cheap defenders, you know, that's we're going to have some some defenders who start every game week. That's almost its own problem because they often are for bad teams, and you're not getting mm. a lot of clean sheets or yeah. uh, attacking potential in many cases. Yeah. So let's say that in game week one, Connor Wickham goes nuts. Hat trick from Connor Wickham, game week okay. one. Okay, it's, it's plausible. It's plausible. You've got Barely. your. You've got you've Not got you, you've got your friend Gray, the Burnley striker you'd never seen Fred play before, <laughs> who everyone told you to break in, so you did, and then you're like, ah, I got a two pointer game week one. I'm going for my boy Connor Wickham. Uh, <laughs> never done me wrong. Never, never done me wrong in the one week I've been paying attention. Um, and you bring in Connor Wickham, and 
uh, he proceeds to do what what is more typical of Connor Wickham, which is go about eighteen weeks without scoring. Sure, that's that's kind of kind of kind of work. It's comfort zone, right? <laughs> Thirty six points over eighteen weeks is really well, that's how he, that's that's, how he, that's that's how how he, he makes his money. Maybe that's actually his... a little bit less because he's he he'll come on as a sub most of the time. Yeah, right. Uh, maybe he'll get one assist, eight sub <laughs> eight substitute appearances. <laughs> uh, but he'll average out of it to about two points a, two points a game. Yeah. So you bring in Connor Wickham. Uh, he stinks, and uh, a lot. But everyone else has done it too, right? We all jump in the Connor Wick. I, I remember doing this very specifically with with a guy you brought up earlier, which is Chris Brunt. Remember Chris <laughs> Brunt in like the 2010 2011 season yeah. had like two goals in the first game week, and so I like practically built my midfielder on Chris Brunt. You know, it was my my Brunt led attack. Mm-hmm. And what happens then is that they they revert back to what, the player they really are, whether it's a um, you know more of a defensive midfielder who had a really good match, guy who or, slide tackles a lot. Guys, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, God, God help us if um, oh he's not. Well, no, Newcastle's relegated. I was going to say who's the um, oh Czech Teode, Czech yeah, Teode, yeah, uh, yeah. wild card, wild card, uh, yellow card man. God help us if Czech Teode, you know, went off in the in the first game week. Everyone will be running, you know, or someone like um, Victor Wanyama is always a popular pick, you know. Uh-huh. But but ultimately, you know, so okay, let's just stick with the Connor Wickham example. To keep things <laughs> clean here. So let's say you, you you know you you drop Gray, you bring in Wickham. Wickham uh, goes four weeks without doing anything, uh, and his price is falling, falling, falling as everyone else cuts bait and wild cards and you're holding on you're, you're not wild carding, you're going to stand with the ship and suddenly his value is down to like 5.4 million and because of some other moves you made you don't have any money in your bank and you're stuck with a 5.4 million forward it's going to take you like three moves to get Connor Wickham out of here. You're going to. I was like, waiting for a happy ending to the story where Wickham <laughs> no, it's going to be like eight goals in a game. It's going to be like game week five, game week six, and game week seven. Every transfer is going to be built around getting Connor Wickham out yeah. of your team, uh-huh. and it is the most frustrating thing that happens to all of us all the time. Now, now you could argue that it's oh, then, you, to, then you end up with Ricky Lambert in place of uh, Connor <laughs> yeah. Wickham, maybe. Yeah, sometimes you can just burn four points too, and in a case like in a case like that, it probably it might be worth it. Yeah. But then you know you're, you're stuck burning four points too, and. Right. Uh, there's certainly a time and a place for burning points, but uh, game week four, I think, is not generally when I want to do it. Um, yeah. Like, why put yourself in that position? Right. So, so don't fall for the lore of the, especially if it's a cheap striker. Who, I mean, Agallo was a bit of an exception because we didn't really know anything about Agallo. Yeah. You know, his 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 uh, conversion rate in the championship was fantastic. Yeah. He hadn't played a lot of minutes and he hadn't played a lot of matches. And so... I really don't know how anyone could have presumed to know how he was going to perform mm-hmm. the first. I mean, it obviously fell off completely in the second half of the first a, you know, just twenty got weeks. A hot hand, but he but he and he wrote it for twenty weeks, and, and really it was it was very. If you brought him in, you really made the right move in yeah. that case. But someone like Connor Wickham, I mean, just I'm looking now at the at these sub six four. I mean, it's just a laundry list of players who have burned out in the league at one point or another. Right, Frazier, Frazier, Okazaki. But Okazaki never plays a full ninety. Yeah, he plays like fifty-five minutes. Yeah, Okaz- Okazaki. You've got the good Kone. You've got uh, Fraser Campbell. You've got David Nugent. I mean, these are just not players that you want. Oh, Marvin Emnes from uh, Swansea, who scored two points last season. Barrow, Emnes, and Barrow. My God, there is no one leading that forward line yeah. for Swansea. It really does make uh, somebody. I saw something online that they were going to be back in for Wilford Boney. I saw that too, but I don't know if that's wishful thinking. Yeah, it really does make um, uh, Ayu uh, an interesting player. Yes, it, you know? it does. That's true. So, looking at the the sub six defenders, I mean, it's just a laundry list of players who have had opportunity again and again and again to perform in the Premier League and haven't done it. So, 
if you're going to take the chance, I, I would not even recommend it if you can. I mean, I, I'm probably going to have a 6.5 million striker in my squad. Yeah. I'm kind of leaning towards Charlie Austin if I feel like he's actually going to start. But I definitely wouldn't bring in a Fraser Campbell type yeah. at any point because there's just no way at 27 after seven or eight years in the league, these guys are finally going to discover some quality. I just, I just empirically, it does not work out. <laughs> All right, point number nine, read the forums and not just the biggest sites. So we're talking about forums on like on, on the Reddit FPL forum or Fantasy Football Scout or, or uh, various Facebook groups that you might belong to, like the Transfer Hub site. The Starting Eleven forums. I, I, a lot of fan forums, I think, are a great place to go. Uh, I find there, there are often in the season I'm, I'm worried about a player, um, especially like maybe a player played in the Champions League in midweek. Uh, this, this, this happened, I remember, a couple years ago, um, this big thing with... Um, with Raheem Sterling, where he was, um, he was still very cheap when he was playing for Liverpool, and he was a player that was highly owned, but they were managing his minutes very carefully. And so you'd almost have to go to Liverpool forums and see what they were saying. And it was like this sort of bib theory. Mm-hmm. And if he was wearing a certain color bib, then it meant <laughs> that he was less inclined to play that week. And you're like, all right, cool. Now I definitely need to replace my injured. Yeah. Uh, you know, I need to replace whomever because I know that I can't bring in Sterling. I'm going to be at, I'm going to be on two players. Right. So I think that going to so fantasy football scout actually has a, uh, a a post that goes up once a week or so, and it's called what fans are saying. And I really think that is one of the absolute best posts that they put out there yeah. um and i don't mind saying that because uh <laughs> because we don't put out we don't, yeah because we don't put out blog posts and uh and we're not making any money on this anyway so um but i think it's an event of valuable uh it's a really valuable feature because i think that um I, I think they, they really they, they synthesize a lot of things with what the fans are saying. And I think they're, they're almost invariably right. Yeah. They're so right about who's going to start and who's going to who's going to be subbed uh, or, or benched. Uh, you know, any particular game week. It totally reminds me of becoming a, mu- a young music fan. I remember getting way into like indie music right around the time that message forums were beginning to be a thing, mm-hmm. and that was the place you could go. Say you didn't have a trustworthy uh, older brother or sister to introduce you to things that weren't white right. snake or Tori Amos. Right. Uh, no offense to all the Tori Amos heads <laughs> out there. Um, but it was just like it's basically just real talk about like, hey, this is what I'm in this this is what I'm into, well, this is what I think is good. Try it. If you don't like it, no big deal. And yeah. you get that same sort of authentic I mean, some of the people on these forums are just crazy and right. and Bib theories, uh, in some contexts, can be uh, lunacy. The bib theory is a controversial theory, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I do often take it as a, a safe space and a good place to to find advice. Except, and then the larger point is, uh, don't just go to one website. Right. Go to lots of different places. Mm-hmm. Find different voices, and don't just listen to the the comment section of the Fantasy Football Scout, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back not to not to disparage the comment section in there, no. but but well, you know it's, 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 there's the a lot that goes back to trolls group, group think right exactly. as well. Like you you have to have a proper sample size if you're if you're really researching something, take a proper sample right. size. Right. All right, last one's all you, Brandon. This is my favorite point. I insisted that we include this one because I think everything we've talked to in these nine bullets leading up to number ten. Um, uh, hopefully, you found it to be practical, practical and usable. But number 10 is a little more mystical. It's get lucky. <laughs> so this get lucky, and, and I know, Josh, you want to talk about this. There's a lot that goes into luck or a lot that can be misread into good luck versus bad luck. But 
if you're looking to say be number one in the world, that's a sensational season. That's going to happen through great research, great determination. You're also going to have a little luck. Additionally, along the way, you're going to feel you've experienced some bad luck. And you know what? It's going to happen to everybody. Don't get down about it. Right. I think that um, especially going into a season, you know, luck is luck is hope. You know, like this could be your year. Yeah. You know, this could be the year when everything falls into place. Uh, you know, if you've already finished first in the world, anytime you listen to one of these interviews with with any manager finished first in the world, you know they often they're often I mean they're all great managers. They all they all played excellently and they typically have a track record of playing very well as well. But it's not like they finished eighth and then fourth and then second and then first. It's like they finished eighteen thousandth or something and then and then eight thousandth and first or whatever. You know, you need a little bit of luck to to win and. Um, and if you have some bad luck, it's probably going to even out as well. And the point, you know, the point is that even if you're in a league where you have one player who is, you know, the most dominant player, you know, like if I assume that everyone listening to this podcast is the absolute best player in their league. We weren't the best players in the Hail Cheater Super League last year. I'm sad to say. Uh, close. We were close. But luck, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And yeah. maybe over the course of 18 weeks, you know, everything turns around and yeah. Or and, not uh, even not even the course of the entire falls season. Into place, I should Sometimes say. it's just down to one game week. I mean, we we had to head we had a head to head last week or last season, and I mean, I had brought in Winston Reed as a transfer, right. and clean sheet goes out the window for West Ham. Well, guess what happens in like the ninety third minute? Winston Reed scores a goal. I mean, you can call that many things. One of the one of those things you could call it is luck. But I think the point you're making, Josh, is true. I I could at least have some hope that Winston Reed, my defender's going to score a goal. Maybe right. I have some hope that my goalkeeper is going to make a penalty save to right. save my head to head that week. Yeah, it's, and that could happen exactly. And just and just embrace that. That's part of what makes it fun. You know that is the Phil Helmuth line, the poker player, about how um, you know without luck I'd win every tournament. And you know, but if that, if that were if that were true, and the same five players were in every tournament, then no one would play at all. And so, right. you know, luck is what's going to lead someone to triple captain. You know, someone in some insane game week, and then post it forever and make you want to like leave the Premier League to begin with. But. Yeah. That's you got to embrace it. That's part of the fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get lucky. No longer the summer song of 2015. It is the tenth commandment of the uh, always cheating podcast. That's Josh, right. should, we, should we post these rules on our yeah. website somewhere so so people can uh, re- revisit them and, and tear them <laughs> to shreds as That's much right. as they like? Add your own. So go on to Twitter, Facebook. Add any comments of your own. Uh, you can also absolutely tear apart our comments if you want. I would love to know what you think. Uh, but I'm particularly interested in the the mental aspect of it because I do find that uh, the players that uh, that tend to win um, the big leagues and the mini leagues are players who are able to ride through you know the Christmas fixture period and yeah. they're able to uh, not make like hate transfers you know like if they get frustrated with somebody um, and I really think that having the right mental game is the key to doing well. Yeah. So well, well speaking of contributions from the always cheating community, we have some additional advice that came to us before we recorded the pod. Um, this one from Jeff Petter. He says his tip, go cheap on goalkeepers, especially early clean sheets are so hard to call. And at least with keepers on bad teams, you'll get save points. Also start with Aguero. So much easier to sell if he gets injured rather than trying to rearrange your team to afford him. If he explodes. 
So, I mean, that that that's, says it all right there from it Jeff. It really does. We actually didn't need this podcast. That's <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> pretty much. Yeah. So you can listen to Jeff's podcast at uh, uh, petteradvice uh, at fpl.com. <laughs> Um, Ross Lagawood says, uh, hey, guys, great first podcast, and I'm super excited to get a mention, even if you got my name wrong. I think I might have called him Longwood on the last podcast, so uh, sorry about that, Ross. It's uh, uh, Lagawood, L-O-G-A-W-O-O-D. So the has only, a long-standing history of getting surnames wrong. That is very true, and players' names wrong, too. It says, we're the only Lagawoods in the world. So wow. So that's not a very common name. I'm curious to know where that surname comes from, Ross. Uh, last year. Last Yeah, so let us know about that, Russ. Uh, last year was my first season in FPL, and the biggest learning curve for me was not giving up on players after a few bad weeks. Uh, form is temporary, class is permanent. Uh, I got frustrated with Mares and ditched him two days later. He scored a hat-trick. Won't be the making the same mistake again. Keep up the good work. Hail cheaters. Hail cheaters, Ross. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's sensational advice. Don't give up hope. Don't give up um, just because, like we were saying, they did score. I like we're, we're talking about this like everyone has given up a hope already. There is a certain <laughs> – it's really – it's almost like this is like a time capsule podcast. It's <laughs> like remember this one, and then in 20 weeks, like we'll have to like revisit this, the, yeah. the themes in this podcast. I mean, more than anything else, I am excited to see who the Mares is this season, who the Aaron yeah. Ramsey is this season. There's yeah. no telling. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so uh, our good buddy Trevor Ingerson, he writes in, and he, his rule of thumb, figure out your strategy with Aguero and forget about him after that, which is kind of what Jeff was saying. It's either easier to have than to have not. I know. It's I, I want to not have him because yeah. I just, it's, yeah. you know, because you want to outsmart everybody. Yeah. Uh, and he's so expensive at that. <laughs> but uh, especially given their game week one fixture, I think it's very hard not to have. He, he, he just he, broke the game. And he's yeah. broken the game for so long. I mean, you had players like uh, like Van Persie who broke the game for two seasons or Suarez for a season and a half or however long it was. Aguero, he's just been around for a little too long now. <laughs> they should just give him him. You just have him on your team to start. Yeah. And then everyone, everyone just it. gets 87 million from there. <laughs> just 13 million is immediately allocated. Uh, Scott, uh, Scott, Scott Gilshanen, or Scott Gill, as uh, I think he normally goes by, I say um, forwards are the hardest to pick with so many overpriced strikers. Get your midfield right. I think there's a lot of truth to that. And, uh, midfield provides so many points, particularly if your midfielders are scoring goals. And uh, I think I, I think I'm guilty sometimes of overthinking my forward line, especially my third forward, and not paying enough attention to having the right balance in my midfield. Yeah. I was just looking at my midfield today, and I, you know I feel like I'm just not I'm not it, it's not where I want it to be right now. I mean, I'm trying to do too many things with it. I think. Yeah. You know I've got uh, you know I've got Mares and Mkhitaryan in there. Um, I've got Redmond and Ibe and uh, Hedberg the. Um, I don't. I'm sure I'm not saying his name right, but he's this 4.5 million midfielder on uh, Southampton. Okay. But you know, of those two picks, I mean, you don't have Emerson Hindeman. I don't have. I don't have Hindeman. <laughs> but of those picks, I mean, who am I even confident in? I guess Mares against a you know a Hull team that doesn't have any players. Yeah. yeah. Mick a bit of a risk. Jordan Ibe, I is he going to start? Mm-hmm. Uh, Nathan Redmond is he going to start? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hedgeburg. Who knows if he's even going to make the 
18, you know? Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of chances there. And I, but I've been thinking so much. I'm like, oh, my third striker, my third striker. Yeah. And but at some point, I need to have a little more stability in that in that midfield. Or stability and at least trouble. one heavy hitter. You have to be willing to to pay for the likes of a De Bruyne or, or an Ozil. Or well, I mean, Mkhitaryan and Mares are both 9.5 million. Y- yes, the, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. And Mkhitaryan, though, being the worry having not seen him play for United yet. I feel like ideally, like the my, my like platonic midfield is like 11 million or, you know, let's say 10 million midfielder, 9 million midfielder. 7.5 million yeah. midfielder, 6 million midfielder, 4.5. There you go. Right? That's I, like... I, I, it's, yeah, that's, <laughs> put it in the rules. <laughs> it's hard to find that right balance, though. <laughs> All right. Uh, so rules of the game, there they are. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be back. We were taking some questions from listeners. Same old podcast, always shaming. All right, Brandon, we're back with some questions. Uh, just a few here. Uh, so Chris Scott Grant from Twitter says... Uh, when drafting our initial squad, should we go for players who we think have high floors or go for guys with high ceilings? Um, I feel like a lot of what we talked about so far has been about the the high floor. All right. Uh, you do want to balance, obviously. Um, I mean, you know, you want you want at least a couple guys who could totally. I mean, like you said, you want the you want the Mares. You want a couple guys. I think there's, there should be at least one player in your starting eleven who. Is a little untested. Yes. Who is you know Nathan Redman is the one that I'm kind of excited about on Southampton, right? Yeah. He's a he's a very talented player. He's still really young. You know he was he's been on the English you know under 23 team. He was very good for the first yeah, I don't know 25 percent of the season for Norwich last year. Hard to know how good he is because who was the second best player in that Norwich squad? He's got a little bit of Andres Townsend about him in that. Um, He's a very divisive player, or there are a lot of questions about him, but there will be numerous games throughout the season where he will show you why he's he's rated. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's the type of player where I feel like he he, he falls into that uh, like six point five or lower yeah, class. Yeah, I guess you want I, I, I guess that's that. that's what it is, right? You want your expensive players to have the higher. Uh, floor, yeah, right. and you want the cheaper players to have the higher ceiling. Right. No, exactly. Next question comes from Banana Nose Meldonado, and uh, he's at Get Nice on Twitter. He asks, when you look into an abyss, the abyss also looks into you. Question. Best to plan an early wild card or allow things to unfold natch? Uh, we talked about this earlier. I, I don't think you can plan for an early wild card. You, yeah. It's just, for, first of all, you're probably going to play one. Most of us do. Uh, but I certainly wouldn't plan for one. Ideally, I'm not playing my wild card till game week 18. It is the saddest but most predictable story uh, in FPL in that you are going to save your first wild card until like game week 15. Right. And it's going to be a game changer. But no, <laughs> you're going to be so disappointed with your initial uh, draft. When we've already said that this is probably a season that where you where you really you can be more justified than usual playing the early wild card because yeah. there are so many new managers uh, and it's very unclear who the who the stars are yeah. going to be on those new squads. So I guess it's maybe a new way of thinking in that the early wild card is less um, a, a product of of your team and more a product of your planning. So we've just accepted that that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm planning. I, I may have three Man City players and three Man U players on my team to start the season anyway, despite not knowing what I'm going to be getting. Right, right. Okay, where's our next question coming from, Josh? Uh, next question comes from Tappin Design, at Tappin Design, at, at Tappin Design. Uh, 
It says, uh, curious to hear about the most effective strategies for bench boost slash all at attack slash triple captain. Oh, man. I mean, this <laughs> these chips are so confounding that we couldn't even fit them into uh, our, our 10 bullet points. I mean, we we everyone spent a lot of time talking about these chips last season, mostly because it was the first time we had the opportunity to play them. It's still sort of uncertain what we learned from last season. Like, a lot of the strategy ended up working. A lot of it seemed like it needed to be tweaked. Should be, we Should we be playing triple captain? Uh, bench boost earlier in the season should we all like last year we all played these chips at the exact same time talking about right. groupthink. right um is there something to be said about uh playing playing them sort of out of turn yeah i think i i, I agree i mean it's it's kind of a punt on the question but i i think that it's um it's a little early to have a strategy for those um we all know that you know scientists have proven that the auto check <laughs> there was no effective way to play the auto attack yeah. Uh, I think the you know the bench boost and the triple captain. I mean the triple captain. I think most of us actually played right last year. Yeah. I mean whether you you know most of us waited until the double game week and we triple captained uh, either Alexis Sanchez or um, right. or um, Sergio Aguero and they both exploded for a ton of points and it worked out fantastically well. Yeah, the, I, the, I don't know if it'll work out that well in every season. Yeah, or a lot of people actually played their bench boost the week that we played our triple captain, and I think we're done almost equally of, as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, the the simple rule of thumb tap in uh, is save the at least the triple captain and bench boost for a prominent double game. Yes, win. I the one thing I will say, and if we're including wild cards as chips, which they the, the winner, game well, winner them wild as, card, of, uh, absolutely. Yeah, well, that's not even a winner wild card anymore, right? Because you can use it at any point in the True. second half of the season. Uh, I would have used that my wild card um, a lot earlier than I did. I think last year I waited almost until the last minute mm-hmm. to, to use the wild card. And I would have played the wild card four or five weeks sooner uh, because I was trying to catch up on points. And I sort of bought into this groupthink idea, but I could have made up a lot of points by wild carding earlier and just taking the risk mm-hmm. that there might be some injuries. All right. All right. Eden Hazard. Wow. The uh, one and only number 10 plays for Chelsea at, at FPL underscore Chelsea. Um, he asks, what's the best formation to use this year? So I'll tell you this. Right now, I am set up as a. Uh, uh, Four three three. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So think about you that. Think you, you think you're going to keep that? I really doubt it. I think <laughs> what that basically tells you is my team is a little yeah. messed up right now. It's hard to know this early in the season. Uh, you know, keepers are keepers. Uh, yeah, the strikers are priced about where we expected them to be. You can. There, there seems to be a bit of a gap right now between the. Um, between the cheap strikers and there's, there's kind of no middle class with strikers. There's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a whole bunch of strikers that are 6.5 million or cheaper. And then you kind of have to go up to uh, Lukaku at 9 million to find another striker you really want. Right. You know, I mean, there, there are no strikers in the 6.5 to 9 million range that you, I'm really any more inclined to pick up than I am the 6.5 guys. Right. Yeah, I think in the end you're going to end up going with, uh, with, a, with a, you know, 3-4-3. Three, three. It's, right. it's almost always the best strategy, especially if you can find a third striker and can consistently score. Yeah, There's so- almost always somebody there. Something I'd like to be better at. I think all of us should be better at. And maybe four three three is just unimpeachable. But we should all be a little more open to being flexible with our formation sure. week to week. I think you you get stuck in this mode of it's it's three four three three four three. 
why don't you start two goalkeepers <laughs> yeah. one week? Why not? <laughs> All right, so the last... I wish you could do that. <laughs> I guess you can if you bench boost. Yeah, bench boost. <laughs> All right, last section, Josh. We, uh, we're going to have a little chat about team names real quick because we did get some responses on social before we recorded about um, a lot of uh, talk uh, that came out of our great British bake bake-off uh, <laughs> yeah. discussion. My, my wife was very annoyed that I, I included a, a few Great British Bake Off names without crediting her properly on the podcast. Yeah, I'm impressed uh, around, that your wife even feed. listens to this podcast. No, it was actually it was on the Twitter feed, excuse me, not on the podcast. Uh, but she came up with Swan Seabiscuit, which I thought was pretty good, and mm-hmm. Liver Pudding. Sure. And, uh, well, would Swan others. Seabiscuit be a reference to a horse? Is that like a, a mm. horse pie? That she you... recommended you don't think about it too deeply. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so my, my, the one I thought about, I didn't actually send it out on Twitter, was Arson's Arsenal Arsenic Buns. Which it's actually, Arson's Arsenic Arsenal Buns. It's a bit complicated, I yeah. think. Yeah. Don't eat them. They have, <laughs> they have poison in them. Uh, we also said, uh, what's the best team, FPL team name you've seen so far? Uh, I listed, I thought Andy Lakeman in the Hail Shooter Super League. I thought his uh, Nolito Shop of Horrors uh, was the best I'd That's seen good. so far. That's good. Uh, and then uh, Dave uh, Wagner Lodal had said, I think I said this at the top of the podcast, uh, he so far has enjoyed A Team Has No Name. That's a, a good Game yeah. of Thrones reference right yeah. there. Yeah, and then uh, An Inconvenient Hooth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, the last question about team names comes from Chris uh, at Since Barnes. He's our friend over at the Across the Pond podcast. He says, what are some FPL t- team names to avoid? And what are going to be the most common names? So I think, Josh, this is a question we can open up to our listeners. Um, send us a note on our Facebook page or Twitter. We'll run through all those handles at the, when we close up shop here at the end of the uh, episode. But what are we meant to avoid? What do you think are going to be the most common player names punned on? I mean, Christian Fuchs last season was a classic. Right, right. Every uh, every third team was, yeah. a, was a Fuchs pun. Our, our friend Tim Shaw over at Soccer Captains was telling me on Twitter today that he thinks the um, – the pun, the the player pun names are passe now. He wants it to be all double entendres <laughs> and euphemisms. Um, I, I I almost was tempted to send him my idea, uh, donkey punching. Uh, I'm not sure how that one will will play with the the kids at home. You have to cut that from the episode. Um, yeah, I think um, yeah. So let's open it up. Uh, let us know what the best team names you've seen so far, or or if that team name is your team name. Yeah. Uh, then uh, share that with us too. Uh, Brandon, I think that's it. I don't know about you, but it's 108 degrees in this apartment. I am exhausted. Yeah, let's get out of here. So you yeah. can uh, stay in touch with us on Twitter at Hail Cheaters, Facebook or Facebook.com slash always cheating. Send us an email, hailcheaters at gmail.com, or for the love of God, just Google us. Easy to find us. Uh, you can also join uh, the Hail Cheater Super League. You can do it on the website. You can there's the the league code is on Facebook and on Twitter. Very easy to do. You click a button and you've joined. So yep, yep, uh, please do that. And yep. we'll, we'll be doing weekly updates on the, on the league all throughout the year. Fantastic. And for more podcasts from Always Cheating, subscribe on iTunes. Please leave us a review if you'd be so kind. See us on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Josh, will I see you next week? Uh, you will. Or maybe I'll just Skype with you. Probably Skype. Okay. Yeah, yeah this uh, once was enough. All right. Hail Cheaters. Hail Cheaters. Praise Mabakani. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, 
you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.